Well, hello there. How are you guys? I can't believe it. I'm actually officially recording my first ever episode and I'm so excited. No, I'm not having a mental breakdown. I'm actually currently trying to prevent one. So that's what this is about. I'm feeling a wee bit nervous, so you might be able to notice that it is the first episode. Hopefully by the rest of them come in, I'm, I'm not going to be feeling like that at all. I'm just pretending that this is one big long voice note to my pals. So thank you so much to everyone who is listening and I hope you enjoy episode one. At the end of it, hopefully you can give me some feedback and some friendly criticism. So I'm just going to introduce myself for those of you who may not know me. My name's Ashley and I'll be your host. I am 32 from Glasgow and I'm a full-time civil servant. I'm a mum to a 10-year-old boy and I'm currently 33 weeks pregnant and by God, I feel bloody pregnant right now. My fiancé serves in the military, so we have experienced deployments. He's currently at home doing my nothing, as I'm sure everyone else's husbands do. And I've recently been diagnosed with ADHD, so I've got some life experiences to get off my chest and hopefully share. And maybe just, I don't know, maybe somebody listening will have went through the same things and it's just maybe going to be a wee bit helpful. So since starting this page on Instagram, I've forgotten to mention, I've this all started as an Instagram page, I'll go into a wee bit later. The Instagram page that some of you may follow if you've heard about this podcast coming up is the Lucky Girl Club 1111 and basically how that started was I started I started a page to document my mental health and things that helped me. I'm terrible for carrying a diary around. I do like the intention of it but for me being that scatty sometimes it doesn't work and we all know how often we're on our phones way too much. So my hope behind it was if I'm on my phone that much why don't I put in put some of my practices into that and make it worthwhile being on my phone. So I started the page up and what I started doing was posting things like daily affirmations, techniques that I'd be using to kind of keep myself in a positive mindset. And when I was doing that, what I realised was it was holding me accountable to keep posting on the page. Therefore, I was actually putting it into practice while I was doing it because I couldn't post it without doing it. So it started working for me and with ADHD it is a very difficult thing to maintain consistency. It's very difficult to maintain a healthy mindset and remain positive. Sometimes you can have a positive day but other times your day can fluctuate. So I thought well if I'm changing like the bloody seasons of the year at least I can see that noted down. So that kind of brings me into why I called the page The Lucky Girl Club. So For those of you that know lucky girl syndrome, that's the latest interpretation of the law of assumption. The law of assumption basically is, to those of you that don't believe in manifesting, it's fucking delusion. The law of assumption comes from acting like your desires are already a reality. And it also makes you remind yourself of how lucky you are despite times when you feel that things are difficult or, um, you know, you've actually got quite a lot of abundance and positivity in your life. And I think the name kind of came to me for that because it was just a reminder that despite all the kind of things that I'm going through or anyone else is going through, we are really bloody lucky in life. So the, the name came from there. The purpose of the podcast group um, was really to raise awareness and log my own personal journey it started becoming and it wasn't really intentional but it started becoming a wee bit of therapy for me and let it's also to let other women or men know that there are other out there's there are others out there like them ADHD and mental health is so terrifying 
But if you try and understand it and, and get a grip of it, there really isn't anything to be frightened of. You are much more powerful than what you think. And, it, and it, your mind is such a powerful thing to have. It was also just a reminder that, you know, there is light at the end of the tunnel, even though my fucking tunnel was never ending at one point. But here we are, feeling much better, and I'm just ready to share some of the experiences that I've had with you. So, some of the experience that I have had that's led me to this, I had so many experiences during my childhood and teenage years into my early 20s and it basically just gave doctors every reason to diagnose me with depression and anxiety, which is a very general diagnosis and yes, there are symptoms of depression and anxiety with ADHD, but it wasn't really helping the, the root cause of what, what was going on with me. The tablets did seem to suppress some of the emotions or the feelings that I had but deep down I just felt like a complete shadow of myself and when I was taking them I just felt like I was I felt like I was taking them to suppress my emotions to make everyone else more comfortable to be around me if that makes sense like I, I was helping others to put up with me when I was on them and unintentionally I'm sure I would have comments like well have you taken your medication Oh, maybe you should go back to the doctor and get that. And no one was really kind of turning around going, is there anything else going on here? So a bit of background. My parents divorced when I was five. I have very vivid memories of that. And although they did their best, I was um, exposed to quite a lot of the arguments and there was no violence or anything like that, but it was nasty. I, I remember the atmosphere more than anything between my parents. I remember them not being able to be in a room together around me and my sister, you know, all these things had a very nerve-wracking effect on me that if my parents were ever going to be in the vicinity of each other, it would make me very anxious. Which led on to my mum um, being involved in a very abusive relationship that we were unfortunately a part of. There was domestic violence and domestic abuse this was also directed towards me and my sister. Luckily, my sister was young enough, I think she either for, like, forgot or doesn't remember a lot of the things, but I, I seem to have carried a lot of that with me growing up. This started to affect my behaviours in school, which led to bullying and me trying to overcompensate with my bad behaviour by trying to fit in, so it just that started to spiral as well. Eventually, as I was growing up, I did start feeling like the black sheep of the family. Um, I had two younger sisters who weren't really exposed to the same things that I was, therefore didn't have the, the same effect on them. So my behaviours were almost... What's the word I'm looking for? My behaviours were almost misunderstood completely because it was like, well... If your sister's not acting like that, then why are you? Like, you don't have an excuse for it. So, anyway, that takes me forward to falling pregnant at 21. I met my son's father and looking back, there was no depth to that relationship. You know, you can imagine 21 years old. We were, our life revolved around socialising with friends, arguing when there was alcohol involved. And it was just... 
it really wasn't the environment to bring a child into but hey ho it wouldn't be me if I didn't fall pregnant and make things 10 times worse so I did and I say that wholeheartedly because I do not regret having my son but it was totally at the time the wrong thing to do so we had Aidan who was the biggest blessing that I've ever had and my best friend and my reason for fighting every single day to be a better person but whilst that was going on it was like postnatal took over I'd had a very traumatic birth with Aidan that's something I'll go into in another episode very traumatic birth I was put to sleep in surgery and that kind of kick-started a whole victim mentality for me like bad things always happen to me I'm not worthy of anything of any happiness and all these like toxic thoughts that go around your head that then affect your behavior even further so I, f- I fell into a deep depression when he was a baby and I was far too scared to speak about it there was not a chance in hell that I was going to speak to psychology or uh, the doctors about this while I had a young baby because I felt like I had this constant fear that he would be taken away from me and I would basically be proving everyone right that I can't cope. So that wasn't an option. So you can see the pattern here, like there's things building up, I've suppressed it, I've ignored it. During that time our relationship between myself and my son's dad was extremely toxic Um, and there was faults on both sides so I'm not here to slander anyone there was faults on both sides but domestic violence started again I felt like I was another repeat statistic because I'd grown up in that environment albeit for a shorter period of time that this was just what happens so the attitude that I had was, you've made your bed lie in it. I didn't know how to leave the relationship at that point. I was very young, financially dependent. I wasn't working at the time. I really didn't have the confidence to leave either. But everyone knew. Everyone knew what was going on and it's just always a very difficult situation. So during that, I noticed that this had an effect on a lot of my friendships and relationships with my family. I began losing a lot of trust. People didn't really understand me. I kept a lot of details to myself. Therefore, why would anybody understand? But at that stage in my life as well, I need to remember, I was 21, so were my friends. I had a baby, they didn't. They they stayed at home. They didn't, they didn't need to understand that, nor should they have. But it put me in a very lonely position where... I really had to kind of fight fight my own corner a lot of the time and it's a very lonely place for a woman or a young girl who's got a baby and they don't even feel safe at home, they don't feel loved at home, they don't feel like they've got anyone to turn to and that if anything did happen that anybody would notice or really care. Of course people do care but in that mindset you feel like no one's going to care. So eventually, I think my son must have been about three I left the relationship. I'd had enough and I thought, fuck this. I cannot spend another five years being this unhappy. Like, it cannot be my story. This cannot be my life. I can't do it. And I think that was the real turning point for me. Like, that was the point where I really grew up and I realised this really isn't about you anymore. Like, well, it is about you, but it's it's about this child you need to protect. Like, what, what, are you, what environment are you living in for this child to see 
this is acceptable. And it was it was really the turn in Aidan's behaviour that started to make me think, I can't do this anymore. Aidan would freak out as soon as there was like raised voices, he would like clench his fists, he would cover his ears. It was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. It really makes me upset thinking about it now. So that led me to be single and there's the obvious bloody Tinder shite that comes with that. So I had lots of experiences on that which don't bear thinking about, I'm sure you can imagine. And along came Jordan, my f- lovely, handsome fiancé who I love so dearly and he has been the absolute prince charming to my story. Sorry to say it's so cheesy, but we've had our times, our hard times with him being deployed and him trying to understand me and the ADHD diagnosis, but that guy has been an absolute rock. He came into my life, treated me with nothing but respect, was, has been completely understanding and patient with me. He's really taken on my son. He's now coaching for his football team and we're expecting our own child, which is so exciting. And I'm just in a really happy place with the same struggles that I get every day, but I'm in a, I can say I'm in a really safe, happy, loving place. So that kind of explains a wee bit of the things that I've been through in life leading up to the diagnosis, which basically was a snapping point where I realised this really isn't just anxiety and depression. It's far too it's it's coming far too hard and fast for me. You know, depression can come and last a few months, a few weeks, a few days, every so often. But this is daily. This is day in, day out. This is up and down, all over the shop. You know, wake up in the morning, an anxious wreck. By lunchtime, you're hysterically laughing at something, having the time of your life. And by five o'clock, you're driving home from work in tears. Like, something's going on there. So I I voiced that to the doctors and I said, look, there's something that's been missed here. My brain doesn't feel the same. There's not a chance that I feel all these emotions and no one else around me understands or feels that way. Like, there has to be something wrong. Like, why, why do I get so upset over such a small thing? Why do I stress out if I've got a night out planning with my friends and we know where we're going, but somebody decides to change what bar we're going to? Like, why does that stress me out? So I got the diagnosis. That was probably about lockdown. And I had to do everything over Zoom. And during during the Zoom, they said, you know, there's a backlog of people who need to wait. So it took an extra year, which was bloody chronic because... I had I had misunderstood the instructions from the psychiatrist and stopped the antidepressants. So I had all these, like, instead of being emotionally suppressed, it was coming in tenfold. Um, and I'm still not on anything because then, I, leading up to it, I feel pregnant. So there's medication that is available. I can't go on that just now I'm because I'm pregnant and I'm deciding whether to or not because I feel like... Well, by that point, I'm going to be pretty much 33 years old. I mean, everyone knows me like this now. I know me, but what I can say is it's it's mentally exhausting. What led, what led me to starting this? So you'll, you'll notice in my podcast that I probably go off track a little bit, and that is part of having ADHD. You do fucking lose your track. But bringing me back on track, what led me to this? So at the start of the year, I had kind of confided in... A colleague, if you like, um, about my mental health and how I was feeling. And instead of getting support, it was completely used against me. It was used against me and 
I was then used as a bit of a target. So I started having issues with this person and I went sick. I went sick during my pregnancy with the fear that I was going to lose my pregnancy with how upsetting this had all been. During that time, I was probably at one of the lowest in my life. Um, I felt like everything was going really out of control. I felt really sad at the situation. I felt like I had no one really around me checking in on me, asking if I was all right. And I just, you know what? I just saw this fucking pattern again. And I was like, all of this is your, your thoughts, your mindset. Why, like you choosing to give a shit about this is up to you. So my sister had been telling me about like this manifesting stuff all through lockdown and I'd kind of like done drips and drabs of it. I'd looked into it a little bit. I never really practiced it on a like as a routine. So I just got to a point during all this stuff happening in work that I thought, right, let's bring it back to basics. Let's change your mindset. So I started reading the book, The Magic, and oh my God, like, I don't know what I was expecting, but holy shit, I'm actually reading it for the second time now. It's bloody great. So I was reading the book, I was listening to some podcasts based on how I was feeling and people that like bring your mood up and implement manifestation techniques. And all these little things made me feel really grateful for all the stuff around me. It made me, it started, it probably took me a week. That's all, it only took me a week to really pick my head up and go, actually, everything around me is happening for a reason. Every negative thing that's happened to me in my life has brought me to this point. If it wasn't for, you know, me experiencing what I did as a child with my mum's partner, would I have left the relationship I was in? Like, would I have noticed what it was doing to my child? If I hadn't left that relationship, would I have been in this relationship? Would I have the job that I'm in? Um, with this happening in my job right now, would I have been working on my own mental health? And, you know, do you know what I mean? Like, there was a, there was a chain effect that I started to notice and I started feeling really bloody grateful for every shitty thing that I've cried over. I was like, use it as your fuel, use it as your power and do something with this. Otherwise, you're going to have a really short fucking life and it's not going to be a good one. That brings me back to feeling grateful. So I was feeling grateful for all these things. Uh, I was feeling grateful for the fact I had like the ability to go a walk and use my legs. And you know, I'd spent months being lazy and using every excuse under the sun not to go to the gym. But suddenly I was like, fuck it, it's raining, let's go for a walk. Let's go and do some. let's take some fresh air, let's go and look at the leaves that are changing colour. Like, let's go and sit in, in a coffee shop and people watch and look at people having a nice time and admire somebody's like bright coloured hair because they just don't care what anyone else thinks and as cheesy as it sounds I was literally doing all this and it was a complete changer for me I started making more effort with my friends as well I started noticing things like I would actually check in and ask the girls how they were like how is your day how's your work been tell me all about your meeting and you would get the same back in return it's actually amazing what you get back when you put in that effort. And the other thing was we were getting into this habit after lockdown, and I'm sure everybody else did it, but everybody was revolving their social life around alcohol. Everybody got used to it, so it was quite nice to take that change and say, let's all meet up and go for a wee dip. Let's all go for a walk. Let's all go and do something fun. So it brought us all closer. I then started an online course. This is me fast-forwarding a few weeks. started an online course um, based on manifesting 
it gave me tasks each week to be completed and the first week brought it back to day one where it was talking about my limiting beliefs about money or about myself and where they came from so it was quite a really raw emotional week and I didn't particularly find it enjoyable at first I don't think it was what I was thought I was looking for so the first week I was journaling about things that I'd suppressed as a child and a teenager and the things I genuinely, genuinely didn't think bothered or affected me because they weren't things I cried about every day but what you'll start to realise is it affects your behaviours, it affects your reaction to other things. So I worked through each of these issues one by one and I used a thing called EFT tapping which I'll explain on another episode but you can YouTube it. And I used the EFT tapping to remove these beliefs from my brain. Does anyone believe that I did that? Well, I did. So I basically tapped on my face a few times while saying the things that I believed about myself and then gradually changed it to more positive thoughts. And I just, I'm not joking you, this mental idea came to my head, which was, you should do a podcast. And I was like, my inner thought was going, the fuck am I going to do a podcast? Who's going to listen to me? I'm not some guru. I'm not some you know, clean living bird that everyone can respect and be in awe of. Then I started realising, like, there you go, you're putting yourself down again. You've actually got some stuff that people could learn from you, as I do learn from plenty other people. So I ran with it, started a bit of investigating. How do I do this podcast? What do I need to do? And then there came the Instagram page. Here we are. I'm doing it. This is the first episode. It's a bit of background. It's a a bit of background into me and hopefully it wasn't too boring and you can understand what's led me to this point. Again, as I said, I am not here to teach anybody anything. I'm here to share my own experiences as they may relate to you or someone you may know. Some of the techniques may help and if anything, if it might prompt someone or yourself to ask for help with any of these issues and feel less alone. So there you go, from nothing came something. I have no expectations for this. I am, as cheesy as it sounds, letting the universe do its work. And my aim for this is just to kind of reach out and see if this can help anybody at all. Or even if it just makes people feel less alone, that's enough. There you go, from somebody that would never have done it. Because let's be honest, people have too much to say about anyone thinking outside the box and trying something new. There's too many critical people out there, but I've stopped giving a shit. Life's too short. And what's been amazing through the last few weeks is that a year ago I'd never have started a page or dared to consider a podcast because I too gave too many fucks about what people thought. So I'm over it. You need to be over it. And it's your life. You're here one time and the length of that is not guaranteed. So... Stick in, pals. Hopefully you've enjoyed this episode and tune in for the next one. And I'm really grateful. So thank you all. Love ya.